Welcome to Dr. Suzanne Howard's audio play. Thank you for downloading and I pray you are truly blessed. To get more information on Dr. Suzanne Howard's ministry, feel free to visit www.suzannemhoward.com. Thank you for listening and enjoy. Hello, 55 detoxers are in here. 
for Champion Day. <laughs> this is day 15. And at this point, if you don't know that you're super dope, running on supernatural fuel, I don't know what it's going to take to tell you differently. My God. Come on, family. How are we doing today? Guess what time it is? Let me show you what time. That's what time it is. It's time to detox. It's time to come on in, find your seat, get the best seat in the house. Because we've got some work to do tonight. How was everyone's Monday? Some of you probably had the day off. My husband doesn't want me to wear glasses, so he keeps making faces at me over here on the side, telling me, take the glasses off. You don't even need the glasses. It messes up my lighting. <laughs> it reflects blue. Ask the people who watch. And now he's saying, I want you to watch alive so you can see. You give people a job, man, and they just change on you. I'm telling you. It just change on you like, my God. I told him I need the glasses because I need some color. He wipes me out. I'm blending in with the wall behind me. <laughs> he washes my beige away. God only gave me beige to work with. I mean, what can I do here? Good evening, all. The road to detox, Evangelist Gwen says, one step at a time. Good evening, family. It's so amazing because you can feel the unity of the spirit when we all come together. And some of us have never seen each other, may never, ever see each other. But we get on here every night for 30 days. And for those who have not done a year with us before, you will see at the end of the 30 days, it's a little sad, like, we really got hooked here. You know, you think it's bad when your favorite series has shut down for the season. We go through that here too. So I see we have some birthdays in the house. So happy birthday, Chantel. Yay. And I don't have my mic on. So let me get it so it has that nice stereo effect. Hopefully the mic came up now. All right. Now let me see. Which one was the hand clap? I think I'm going to go for this one. I want to say happy birthday to Chantel. And I want to say happy birthday to Renee. Yes. Bettina says happy birthday and God bless. God bless the many detoxers, our delegates, who are having birthdays in the month of January. I did it. I did it. I did it. 
Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday to you. Beautiful. Sounds better and clear. That's good y'all noticed. All right, make sure you shout out Chantil, who's on YouTube. Renee, I'm not sure if she's on YouTube or Facebook, but shout them out. If I put it on the screen, everyone can see it at the same time. Good evening, family. All right. It is Soul Detox Session 15, Monday, January 16th, 2023. So glad to have you with me. Y'all are hanging in there. I'm seeing your comments coming in. We're up to 89 people. I'd like to see that 160 back. I'd like to see the 200 that registered, but I know a good quarter of those have to watch replay because of work and other um, responsibilities. Some are getting the kids ready and we know all about that. And usually by year two, people are like, kids, get yourself together. It's so detox time. <laughs> and then by year three, Everybody's sitting down together watching it. People have been sending me pictures on with their TV screen and so detox going along on their TV screens. So it, it family time is important. We all can learn from this. And if our children and grandchildren can learn what we're learning now that we wish we had 10, 20, and 30 years ago. Hmm. Good evening. All right, we have some work to do, so let's get this party started. We are, wait a minute, has anyone um, ordered the paperback yet off of Amazon? On the ebook, uh, e we are on, we're continuing uh, number 14, the 14th defense mechanism, passive aggression. From the ebook, it's around page 30 or so, depending on the size of the font that you have your stuff. Mine's on the whole size of my iMac. So mine is pretty big. So I can see all three pages that are open. You have the ebook. The ebook says the ebook says out of stock on Amazon, Deja. Ebooks can't go out of stock because they're not printing material. Oh, you mean the paperback says out of stock. So you probably looked on my website, but on Amazon, I'm asking if anyone has gone on Amazon and ordered the paperback. It's available now on Amazon. Thank you. Cherie, you have the paperback? Yeah, I know y'all have the ebook, but does anyone have the paperback? Has anyone gone on Amazon and ordered the paperback? Yeah, Minister Leah, you ordered from my website. So again, I'm asking, has anyone gone to Amazon and ordered any of the paperbacks? I just want to know, was it smooth sailing? Is it on the way? It's in Dominique's car. Okay. Okay. It's not at Barnes and Nobles yet, but it will be. Yes. And I'm actually working um, a deal on Saturday where we're going to have them in Audible because, you know, our, po our podcast is on Audible, Amazon Music, 
everywhere you get your podcast. This is all on podcast. So you can listen, you know, by just ears, but we're going to be on audible. Um, I was working out a deal with them on Saturday so that our books can um, be read to us. Crystal's going to order. Good. Okay. Let me know, Deja. Thank you, sweetheart. Yeah, they'll all be at the church. Once they get delivered, they'll all be at the church. I just hope I have them before the month is over. All right, let's get to work because we have a lot. So come on in. Close the door behind you. Please take a seat. And you are in the most comfortable seat you could be in. And you have your favorite throw or blanket or if you feel where we are here on the edge of the cliff of the most expansive, beautiful island and mountain and breeze in California, I mean in Hawaii, and you don't need your throw, then just imagine yourself with just fresh scents, fresh aroma going around and you can hear the water blowing back and forth behind us and the wind is blowing in the air. Good evening. So we're going to talk, before we get on to the heavy text, which will be tomorrow night, uh, fantasy. Um, I started working on the workbook to this as well. The workbook to um, self-esteem is done, and that will be released as well shortly. Well, let me start this now. Suzanne M. Howard, mental health coaching, is not any of the viewers' counselor, nor am I your life coach and is not operating in the role of being a therapist to whomever is viewing. This site is for information and education only. So don't make me responsible for things that you perceive. Just like now, I asked how many people ordered the book from Amazon. Everybody started answering everything but what was asked. And that's why I can't take responsibility for offering advice or any coaching advice on here because we hear what we want to hear. Most times we... We have heard what someone said before they even finished speaking. I go through that a lot in the church, a lot of perceptions when you're preaching over the pulpit. That's why I often in our church, um, we do a question and response because what are you hearing? 10 people can hear 11 different things. <laughs> it's amazing. Most of us, we, again, we are already thinking of the answer or our response before the person has even finished speaking. So we never really clearly hear what people are saying. I wonder if that's another defense mechanism. Thank you. Someone's shouting out the church. I mean the church, Lord, I'm going back to sleep. Someone is shouting out the t-shirt. We are all human. All of us like it or not. We are all human. God set us up that way. Very good, Carmen. I'm glad to see you're on. She ordered all three books. Chantel, you are dope. All right, we're up to 101 and we need to get to work. So I hope you're comfortable. How was your week? Great. Well, where we're at in our session today is we are dealing with some areas in your life that I believe has to do with passive aggressive behavior. I am not here to diagnose you as having a passive aggressive uh, personality, but there are some behaviors that are showing up 
And I appreciate you coming in for your sessions so that you and I all by ourselves, can talk about this together. Okay. So it's just you and I, I want to remind you from last night that passive aggressiveness in order to have a concise definition, it's very complex and it's complex because the term passive aggressive behavior encompasses several actions and inactions. So it's a very active behavior, but it can also have a very big on the spectrum of inaction, which means we learned last night that passive aggression is anger that has not found a healthy way to release. Imagine the teapot that could never release the steam. I wonder what would happen to the teapot. We can all probably imagine, right? So this is what happens and why passive aggression is formed because it's fueled by anger that has never found a way to release. We're going to go over the details again. And it's usually because there were some either traumas or um, poor communication styles, very controlling, perhaps full of rage um, dynamics in the household you were raised in and your emotions were not paid attention to or told to turn off, told to stop crying, told to get over it, told to cut it out. I heard a, a guy on uh, YouTube today and he was speaking eloquently. He had the grammar, he had the uh, verbiage, he had the pronunciation, he had the big words, he had the whole thing going, and he was speaking to the church about the soul, and he did an excellent job. But what he kept saying in all of this eloquence that I'm sure no one heard, because as Apostle Paul said, we get kind of wooed in sometime, wooed in by people who use fancy words. You know, we get so sucked in by how they can flow in that charismata of intelligence that maybe perhaps we weren't given the gift that we get kind of bewitched, if you will, by the fancy terms and the fancy language. This guy had it and it was eloquent. It was beautiful. I was like, wow, he did an amazing job, but where he did not do an amazing job when it comes to this kind of work is he kept saying, um, you got to shake the dust off your feet. You got to get over it. You got to move on. And that is the worst thing to tell someone who's been trying to move on for 30 and 40 and 50 years. That is never the answer. It, never the answer. You cannot tell someone to move on. That's like telling someone, get over it already. But then he would go in and, you know, he'd give you some steps, but he'd go right back again that we were all dusty because we didn't shake the dust off our feet from a place we had been to before, which one of the ministers in my church had preached, um, Devin Stoner, she had preached that sermon as well years ago when Soul Detox was first um, commissioned through the Holy Spirit to me. Um, at the apostle's house. So I, I got where he was going. And again, no shade, no hate. The guy did a fantastic job, except that, you know, he had his cliches together. He had his word together, but the therapeutic side, the, the life coaching side, he needed to brush up on because he kept giving people the impression that it is something that you can just drop and get over. And it is not something you can drop and get over. This takes work. Human love takes work. Learning how to uh, adapt from so much pain and problems and trauma in our childhood. If we all could drop it, wouldn't we just drop it? I know I would. 
if all I had to do was just say, I'm today, I made up my mind and it is over and everything was over. All I can do is make up my mind to begin to start doing the work, but I cannot make up my mind to say, this is it. I had enough today. You could throw the people out, but the issues, oh, those issues, 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 they're still on the inside. Yeah, absolutely. Patience is work. Let patience have her perfect work. Love is long suffering. You have to practice love. You have to practice not being jealous, not getting excited when um, injustices went out, you, you, you know, um, to, to turn the other cheek, to, to give and fall down everything all over again. Love is, is work. This stuff is practice communication. Communication is an art. It's a skill. And anyone who has to let go of anything that bothered them, whether it's conscious or subconscious in their life, you cannot do it on a Sunday sermon. The Holy Spirit can work you. Oh, my God, it's the best working work in the world. But God also made us human vessels, speaking vessels, emotional vessels, feeling vessels. That so much gets clogged in the heart, in the mind. That we, we have to learn how to release it. We have to, some people say to me, I don't know how. And we have to spend time with them, sometimes months, sometimes years, teaching people how to let it go. That's a skill, learning how to let go. There's so many people, they're like, I'm tired of grieving. I'm tired of crying. I want to let this thing go. I don't even know how. So this, this work isn't as easy as just saying a good old sermon and poof, lay some good Holy Ghost hands on you. Because humanity has to be worked from the crown of her head and out the soles of her feet. That's how the church gets healed. Otherwise, scripture would not reinforce. There's a healing bomb in Gilead. There's a bomb. Not a, not a healing lightning. Not even a healing thunder. Even for those who've been delivered from addictions and um, mourning and all those things. I mourned my mother's death eight years of my young life. Then I met the Lord Jesus Christ. And he took me on a great journey. And it took a long time because my conversation and my trust, my faith had to be in the Holy Spirit who was invisible, who ministered to me, who I had conversation with. Most people don't want to go that way. Most people can't go that way. This is work. This is not a fancy sermon, some cliches, some t-shirts and a bumper sticker. The t-shirts, they reinforce, they amplify the work that we want to do. They reinstate, they affirm that I have to remind myself that I'm human. And at the same time, I have to remind myself that others are human too, by the things they do to me and they've done to me. So to describe passive aggressive in one action or inaction, it is impossible because it has both. Sometimes it shows up as no action at all, which you're going to learn more about tonight. So my own understanding of passive aggressive behavior has to do with a person's inability to freely express anger in their childhood. And they had to learn how to express it in a non-expressive way. 
a less anger directed manifestation. They had to find ways to avoid releasing anger that was noticeable to anyone. And that's why people smoke and gamble and drink and get addicted to sex. And then they start having high risk behaviors and it just gets lustful and big because the lust machine is never satisfied. So this child who was never able to understand their feelings and their emotions and express their anger with things and maybe with us moms, maybe with y'all dads, they weren't able to express this. Maybe you gave them the opportunity, but they didn't know how. They didn't have that connect, that chemical genetic makeup to know how to express. They needed some help expressing it. So then they learn how to express that anger in less direct ways that avoid confrontation, but still make the anger felt with individuals who are in their life. This often results in the client being passive, aggressively angry towards their partner when they end up in relationship. Yeah. While their partner has no clue about the real reason for their anger. Oftentimes we don't even recognize it as anger that our partner is going through or even our children are going through. Sometimes we don't even recognize it as anger because we think we have anger figured out. We think that we know what it looks like, how it displays, how it manifests. And this is anger. And it's going to surprise you tonight. Some of y'all are angry and you're doing everything but releasing the anger. Let it out, 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 out. And the way you're letting it out is hurting relationships. It's hurting your spouse, hurting your children. It's ruining your career. It's killing your networks. Every time you get a chance to meet another group of people, you lost them and it's always them. Always them. You always want a friend and can never get a friend. Could passive aggressive be showing up in your relationships? So by time the adult child who had the anger issues in their life are now coming across my desk and I'm sure maybe some therapist desk, but they come across my desk and they're like, am I crazy? Is something wrong with me? And we find out that the client is passive aggressively angry and they're angry because they weren't told who their father was. It was kept from them all their life. And they don't feel they're angry. I feel like I'm over it. No, it's called the subconscious, baby. You ain't over nothing. Time doesn't heal. It's called the subconscious, baby. I'm angry because my mother never hugged me. She was dismissive. She was avoidant. She was argumentative, controlling. My aunt raised me and was abusive to me. My mother's so-and-so molested me, assaulted me, raped me. I had incest in the family. But I, I let all that go. I grew up, no, how'd you let it go? What's the action steps? What's your footprints that you can have as proof that you let it go? Because the origins of these feelings, which involve a parent who had full control and oftentimes raised you filled with some internal rage. And they would use the control and or rage 
overpower you and to overpower any display of anger that you felt. This made it unsafe for you as the child to express anger in most of your childhood. So now as an adult, you learn to go along. But anger is going to have her perfect work. Anger is going to do what she do, whether you allow it or not. Just like many of these defense mechanisms that we're dealing with this month. We think that we're hiding, that we're sad or we're brokenhearted or we're, we feel unloved or we um, are abandoned and, and our fears and our insecurities. We think we're doing a good job at hiding this. But it's not hidden because anger is going to show up one way or the other. It's so massive now anger in our world, especially in our country. I'll deal with America that there are actually places that you can go to now. And they even put them in the malls that you can go in. A friend of mine told me, he told me to go and offer one of those places and then offer some so detox mental health coaching on the side. So to buy some, some rental space and to do this because people are so angry, they need something to break. And you can literally go into one of these rooms and break things. And I have a psychology to that as well, that it's good. But at the same time, it's not so good. Because everybody's way of releasing anger is not through breaking things. I've never felt like breaking things. And I've been angry, but I've never felt like breaking things. My anger has to be expressed in a different way. So when we get used to smashing things and breaking things, I think we're incorporating another defense mechanism instead of just getting the anger out. I'm mad at my mother. I'm mad at my father. I'm mad at my spouse for leaving me. Everybody's anger doesn't come out by breaking things. And I'm wondering, what are we losing? Is, I mean, are we given any kind of, I know there's no therapy going along with it, but maybe there can be some counsel, some coaching with it. Because for me to go in and to break something, it's, it would really literally do nothing for me. I, I don't have that in me. And I'm sure for others it does. But I believe that it's going to unleash something that's going to just make more problems for us. Yeah, I'm reading your comments. So this child now had to hold in this anger that they felt. And they also have this feeling now in their adult life of feeling unsafe. They don't feel safe unless they are in control. They don't feel safe in their home. They don't feel safe in their church. They have moments perhaps of safety, but they don't even feel safe in their own world. And that's why even in the first book that I'd written on self-esteem, the first chapter is so intense. It, it took one client with me three months to do the first chapter. First chapter is probably eight pages. My books aren't deep. <laughs> I can hear Leah now saying, you keep saying, you don't know what it is for us though. <laughs> They're not deep in the sense that they are 
um, a psychiatry level work. It may be deep in the fact that you're reading something and you're connecting with it and now you have to deal with it. But what makes it deep is that we've never paid this much attention to ourselves until we got with Soul Detox. Some of y'all didn't know you had self-esteem issues. We did a year of rejection. We did a year of um, being authentic. We did a year of um, self-awareness. So every year we're learning more about what we didn't know about ourselves. So the origins of a lot of these feelings that we're having today came from the functioning dynamic of the childhood life that we had. And oftentimes it made it unsafe for that child to express anger as a child. So now as an adult, he or she learns to go along, but they will make that anger felt to any individual that it is owed to in very indirect ways. And that's what makes it so scary. That's what makes it so scary because anger is going to come out in very indirect ways. And the indirect ways leaves the subject confused, unsure, feeling like you was hit from behind or hit from the side. You didn't even see it coming and you don't even know why this level of behavior is happening for this simple event. And some of the ways anger is made felt by the passive aggressive behavior is through sarcasm. How many y'all are sarcastic people? I have a t-shirt. I should have wore that tonight, right? I have a t-shirt that says, um, Oh God, I forget what it says now. <laughs> That's probably a good thing, but I bought it on purpose because it talked about sarcasm and it actually was like making sarcasm look good, but I bought it because it was a conversational piece. People would, people have said things to me about it and I had a chance to minister. So detox to them. Come on, look at the sarcasm. Get free y'all. We all here on equal playing field. Let me ask you this. Those that are coming up now and saying yes to sarcasm. How do you feel when you're sarcastic? What's the feeling that you have? Wow. Someone said my first language is sarcasm. What's the feeling that you have when you are sarcastic? Cause I used to be sarcastic and I used to mix it with a little humor. She said she feels stupid. Okay. I know I don't feel right. I'm, my, I know that my body doesn't agree with it. I can feel it. But how do you feel? Do you feel angry when you're doing it? Because sometimes this is what I want to do and I'm going to give it away. But I wanted to have Dr. Vanessa um, on one of my lives with me on Tuesdays when I actually have a live audience. And I wanted us to talk about a couple of things and actually check the blood pressure of a couple of people as they're talking about it. So you can see that even with sarcasm, I bet you your heart rate goes up. Your blood pressure goes up. I feel annoyed when I'm sarcastic. Yep. I feel bad sometimes after I do it. That's what I'm looking for. How do you feel after you do it? 
I feel guilty. That's another feeling that comes with it. And these are all toxic to our human bodies. God made us on purpose and he didn't make us to have any of these things that we are having. We're having them because of the fall. I feel sad. Yes. Inferior. Yes. And we are the one being abusive and we are feeling the repercussions of being abusive. Someone says, why did I just say that in the first thought? You see what I mean? So we think that we're re we are releasing this anger, but we're feeling the residual, ugh, the, the residual toxic matter of being nasty. Someone said embarrassed. <laughs> Pretty eyes says, I try to sit down and act like I didn't mean it. I <laughs> know that's right. I don't feel right. When I'm sarcastic. Another way that anger is going to be released in indirect ways is through humor. Humor. How many of y'all have the humor thing going for you? You use humor to release your anger. Yep, yeah, I'm still reading your comments. Very good. Ashamed, embarrassed, regretful. Someone else said they feel like the night's nasty. You might feel validated, but in your body, there is a physical response. See, validation isn't a feeling. I'm looking for the feeling in your body that I'm pretty sure there's tension and there's anxiety. I know I don't feel good when I do it. It, it doesn't feel good. I might laugh because it feels validating getting it out. The, or I should say it in the clearer way, the thought is validating when I get it out, but I can tell in my body that it was something angry that just exchanged in me. Welcome. So how about humor? Do y'all use humor? That's another way to get anger out. Sarcasm, humor. Okay. Irritability. irritability. You feel that in your body. Like you just had a chance to release anger, but you feel irritable. And then there's even withdrawal. And that's the silent side to, to, oh, I was going to read going to one of my favorite things that I do, but we're not dealing with codependency right now. It's, um, Passive aggressiveness. That's the silent in action side to passive aggressive behavior withdrawal. No, you can't hit him now, but how about you book him about 12 sessions with me and let me make it so you will never want to hit him again. 12 sessions. We can get it done. We'll have a schedule. We'll have application. You'll be given soul work to do outside of the sessions because homework, soul work is an extension of, of your office work. We can get it done. We can do it on Zoom or in person. We can put this devil under our feet. <laughs> now, after using the sarcasm, the humor, the irritability, um, having the withdrawal, stonewalling, emotional withdrawing, all that going on. This person now in their adult relationship with a partner with help can see after a while that 
the way they are acting as an adult, the way they are acting in their relationship is actually the way they were acting growing up. And it's causing conflict and unhappiness in their life. That's really good, Brittany. She says, the withdrawal is me and the feeling is an inner conflict. And I'm going to let y'all know too why it is that you use withdrawal. I won't have time, but I'll do it on one-on-one sessions. Um, I'll let you know why your response is withdrawal and why yours is humor and why yours is sarcasm. There's a reason why we all lean to different ones. Good evening. Good evening. So let's just start with this basic and then we're going to build our way up so we can finish this tonight. The Merriam-Webster's Dictionary. I like to give people different. Um, I can't even think right now. I like to give people different um, fact checks on the information. Grace and peace. Evangelist Beverly. Grace and peace to Apostle Clarence. So the Merriam Webster's Dictionary defines passive aggressive as being marked by or displaying behavior characterized by the expression of negative feelings, resentment, and aggression in an unassertive way. Y'all want to put that in your journals because that's a powerful statement right there. And for all those that have the ebook, you are going to get this updated information in your ebook. It's on the screen now. Let's talk about it. The dictionary defines passive aggressive as being marked by or displaying behavior characterized by the expression of negative feelings, resentment, and aggression in an unassertive, passive way pastors and ministers and minister team leaders and such like that. You've probably seen people leave your team, won't give you a reason, leave your church, won't even let you know they left, get mad when you call to check on them. But if you don't call to check on them, I left the church. These folks never checked on me. I mean, I don't know, <laughs> but these are passive aggressive people. These are people who have an issue with you and are going to control you and manipulate you in how they handle you. I've had members, I mean, the, the, the lack of honor is unreal, but I have, have had members who literally wouldn't speak to me. And I would go out of my way to come to them. That's just my personality type anyway. Somebody told me I'm campaigning to be mayor, that I always like to go up to every single person in the church. And there have been literal people that would ignore me. They'd walk away when they see me coming. Passive aggressive behavior. When we could make an appointment in my office, my door is open by appointment, but my door is always open for every member of the church by appointment. I don't care about your title or your role. I've always kept that pastoral heart in the ministry. People that leave, they don't give you a letter or they give you a letter and they, oh, thank you. It's been a wonderful experience, but God told me to leave. You really think God in your business that much. Because he told you to leave, but he ain't tell you to leave the dude that, yeah, right, okay. All right, Apostle Clarence. <laughs> yeah, so you wonder why some of these people do this stuff. And, and my clients, when they want to end or change a relationship anywhere, whether it's, it's business or domestic, I tell them, no, you go and tell that person. 
Because, for example, a lot of women do not know how to be friends to men. The majority of my friends are male and women do not know how to be friends to men. So, okay, you know, talking to my male friends, 80% of the men friends in your life are just hoping one day they get a chance, right? That's what they tell me. I haven't had that experience. It could be in the back of their mind. As long as it stays in the back of their mind, fine with us. So my male friends, they know, by the way, I carry myself in the boundaries that I have in a relationship that there's absolutely no chance of anything ever happening. If it was going to happen, it probably would have been happened. It ain't happening. Not that we're friends. It's just it. Okay. And when I talk to women that are my clients or some of the, the disciples under my tutelage at the apostles house, they, I'll hear them say, Oh, well, it's not a relationship. He's just, um, he's too thrifty. He's too cheap. Um, he, um, he's just too weird. He's just, he still lives with his mother and they come up with all these things. And I just don't answer his calls anymore. And then this new generation, they have that block thing on lock. Thank you, Apostle. And I said to uh, what I recommend to them is, well, why can't you keep him as a friend? You said he's a good person, right? He respects the boundaries. You don't have to feel like you hit on him. He's, he's hitting on you all the time or making sexual comments about you all the time. You're, you're not dealing with any of that from him, right? Very respectful, integral. So why can't you keep him as a friend? And most of the women said, I never thought about that. I mean, some guys are really good. They're just not that guy for you. Why would you throw away any good person? We have not talked how to be friendly, how to keep friends around. And for me, my male friends show the best friendship that I've ever had. They're not gossipy. They're committed. They're loyal to the friendship. They appreciate the friendship. They appreciate the feminine side that you bring in to their thinking or the ideas, the part that they are not able to tap into in their own life. And I'm not talking about friends with benefits. Come on, y'all. We ain't playing that game tonight. But we throw people away because we don't know how to be friends with people. And we don't know how to be friends with people because we look unstable. And then people start calling you crazy because you're cutting off friends instead of telling them, look, I'm going through this or this is how what you did made me feel. We express passive aggressive behaviors in every areas of our life. If that is a behavior that we've learned. Don't throw good people away, y'all. Life is short. And I, I was told a long time ago by a real good West Indian friend of mine, good friends is like pocket change. It's hard to come by. And now you can't even get change in the store. Have y'all noticed that? Don't throw away good people just because they're not your mate. That's passive aggressive. Cut them off. Move on. Reject. So the Merriam-Webster Dictionary defines passive-aggressive as being marked by or displaying behavior characterized by the expression of negative feelings, resentment, and aggression in an unassertive way. In our mental health coaching, this is also known, I don't know if you ever heard this term before, but this is also um, termed um, the martyr. If anyone has ever called you a martyr, they had picked up on some passive aggressiveness in your behavior. 
Yeah, the martyr. It's a, it's the martyr syndrome is the passive aggressive person. And it goes back to what Elder Manny was saying earlier. It's also known as that nice, nasty. They're so nice, but you don't understand how much nasty is going on. You heard that song back from the 70s or 80s? They smile in your face. That's passive aggressive. But the whole time, they just want to take your place. And he says, backstabbers, passive aggressive has a smile in the face and a knife in your back. And you don't even know the knife is in your back because you're so caught up by the smile that's in your face. And, and listen, people don't live this way. This is not their behavior for 24 hours. But usually these people, they don't know how to say no. That's a big deal about it. They cannot say no. So because they have not given themselves permission to say no, they do things that they really want to say no to. And then they turn around and they do this to you. And they really want to be that nice smiling face. That's who they really want to be. But it's going to take work to be that because they have not been told or given the skill to how to address anger, how to address people with conflict. The reason why there's conflict is because there's conflict resolution. As through procrastination and stubbornness. Let me read this again, because this is the part a lot of y'all need to get, because I've gotten some inbox from people telling me that they really, really are sick and tired of the procrastination that's in their life. Listen, the Merriam-Webster Dictionary defines passive aggressive as being marked by or displaying behavior characterized by the expression of negative feelings such as resentment and aggression in an unassertive way as through procrastination and stubbornness. Procrastination is a behavioral form of passive aggressiveness. I'm late because I really didn't want to be here. I really didn't want to go and do this. So I started making up things that I was sick and I actually eventually started feeling sick in my body. So I'm not lying because I really do feel sick in my body, but you feel sick in your body because your mind told your body to feel sick. The sickness won't even last. Have you ever had that experience before? All right, Brittany, remind me, I'll put this in my mentoring group with y'all. That's a big reason why we procrastinate because we're saying no, but we're going, sure. No, I don't want to do that. That's what we're doing. No, I don't want to do that. And half the things that I do in my life, I really don't want to do. And half the things that I do in my life that I don't want to do, I find myself doing anyway. And I'm angry about it. And I'm sick of it. And I don't know how to stop doing the things I don't want to do. I'm tired of saying yes to things that I really don't want to do. So yeah, this is how I am. So an individual can be passive aggressive as in someone with passive aggressive personality disorder. Okay. Or use such behavior when they deem that the situation calls for it. So not everyone needs to have a personality disorder to use the behavior. There are people who literally have passive aggressive personality disorder. They need to see a therapist. And then there are those that have passive aggressive behavior that they can turn it on and off when they want to. They need to see me. They need to come to a mental health coach. Take the illnesses to the therapist, take the issues to the coach. They can turn on the passive aggressive behavior when they deem the situation calls for it. 
The difference between the therapist and the mental health life coach. Issues and illnesses. Somebody said, good night, I'm done. The definition also lists three ways people express passive aggressiveness. Negative feelings, resentment, and aggression. But they are expressed in such a way that they are non-threatening. We're doing more harm to ourselves. That's why I asked when you're sarcastic, which is one of the processes of being passive aggressive, how do you feel in your body? And note it, not many of us were able to express what a true feeling is. We dealt with what we thought. We dealt with terms that do not express feeling. And that's a big deal. A lot of us, you'd be so surprised when you can understand feelings, emotions from thoughts, when you can distinguish those three, there's such a freedom. You're not split anymore. A lot of your headaches would go away if you would just learn the difference between feelings, thoughts, and emotions. I wish people would hire us more to come in companies and schools and churches to minister to their leadership team, because if we understood those things, we could express ourselves a lot clearer. This is why it isn't easy much of the time to recognize the passive aggressive behavior. This is true even for the individual who is being passive aggressive. They may not even realize what they are doing. Oh, you think we're deep now? It's going to get even deeper. 114 of you all are here tonight. Thank you. It's going to get even deeper. Passive aggression is a way of indirectly put that word up there because I want you to realize you are doing some of these behaviors that we've talked about indirectly. Passive aggression is a way of indirectly expressing negative feelings. Such as anger, annoyance, Instead of being direct with it, instead of saying, and you know, this is how we're supposed to talk. And I know we think it's corny or weird, but we're supposed to say, even if we say it to ourselves, by the way, I was just talked to in that meeting, I'm feeling anger because my thought is they still don't see me for who I am. Let me keep going. I'm peeling the onion. And I feel like they don't see me for who I am because they all have educations that I don't have. So they look down on me, but mind you, they bring you in this meeting knowing you don't have an education. So you made it to the table, but now you're convincing yourself that they don't want you at the table or they don't want you to speak up at the table because you don't have an education that they have. Let's keep peeling that onion. So when have you ever felt like you didn't measure up to people? When did you ever feel or notice that people look down on you? Oh, no, we're just only in my job. My job does that to me all the time. Okay, let, let's keep peeling this onion here. So there was no times in your life where you didn't feel you measured up. You never had a teacher that told you you were never going to be anything. 
Um, yeah, sort of like that. Okay, let's let's go a little let, let's go a little deep. Let's use the 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 psychological Google Maps. Let's go from a worldview. And let's hit the mouse a couple of times until we get on your street. Tell me, how did you measure up to your parents? What was success defined as in your family? Some people says education. Some says if I moved out, some said um, if I got married and had kids. Okay, let's keep talking about this. And then they'll say, bingo. What? My father used to call me stupid. And he used to call me stupid every time I didn't bring an A home. And then usually they're either sitting in awe at what they realized or they're in tears realizing that every meeting where they're not able to speak up, where their self-esteem has been hit. And this is, this is pretty much a true story. I, I moved a few pieces around. So every meeting she goes to, in the back of her mind, her father's there calling her stupid. So when she gets ready to speak, she hears stupid. Don't speak. They don't want to hear you. You don't measure up. You didn't get an education. So this goes on and on and on and on and on. It becomes a cycle in someone's life that oftentimes the many places that they are in life, this is an elephant in the room inside of their dirt and soil. You cannot, Carla. So, Karen, why didn't y'all? I'd like to hear the answer for that. If we were in a live audience right now, Karen, I would call you up because this would be a great demonstration to do on a live. Karen on Facebook has said, my mother had a master's. She didn't understand why her kids didn't. And I bet you as we peel that onion, we will find out exactly why Karen didn't go for her master's degree. There's a reason for it. Passive aggression is a way of indirectly expressing negative feelings such as anger or annoyance instead of directly expressing the feeling. I feel upset by the way you just treated me. I feel embarrassed by the way you just treated me. Passive aggression behaviors are often difficult to identify and can sabotage relationships at work and at home. Passive aggression, the great saboteur. So why did you feel inadequate, Karen? Understanding how the behavior is exhibited some researchers have suggested that passive aggression behavior can be described in levels from unconscious to pathological, extreme, excessive, or markedly abnormal behavior. Passive aggression can be anything from non-compliance to self-sabotage. Instead of getting visibly angry, some people express their hostility in passive aggressive ways designed to hurt and confuse their target. These people are in our churches. They're in our pews. They're in our pulpits. There are overseers. There are our apostles. There are chief apostles, our senior apostles, our, our bishops, our popes. They're in there because it's humanity. 
It doesn't matter the anointing. It doesn't matter the education. It doesn't matter. Who was it the other day I was listening to on TV? Oh, my God. And he was sharing his science and engineering degrees and said, how come I can't spell? Just because you are perfected in one stream doesn't mean you lack the perfection in other streams of your life. And why didn't you believe, Karen, that you could achieve that level of education? We might have to save you for a live or plan with you, Karen, to pull you in on my um, virtual audience. We were testing it. We figured it out. Anyone who's on a desktop, I think a laptop might work as well, but on a desktop, I can pull you in on the screen and we can actually work through this in front of a live audience so people can see how this work is actually done. Mental health coaching, not therapy. So instead of getting visibly angry, some people express their hostility in passive aggressive ways designed to hurt. This is designed to hurt and confuse their target. They know what they're doing when they're doing it. It is strategically planned and assigned attack with you on it. So what causes passive aggression? What causes passive aggression? Ebony, I should have gave you my notes here that I'm adding to my book because then you would have had this. But what causes passive aggression? Let's talk about it. Passive aggression stems from deep anger. Come on, somebody put deep anger. Hostility. Come on, another person put up hostility. And frustration. Put up frustration. That a person, for whatever reason, is not comfortable expressing directly. Now, we came up with some stuff that went back to childhood. But what causes passive aggression? Passive aggression stems from deep anger, hostility, and frustration that a person, for whatever the reason, is not comfortable expressing directly, whatever the reason. And it could be in the marriage. It could be in ministry. It could be in business. It could be in friendship. It could be anywhere. It's not limited to one place, but please understand that it is going to confuse the ministry team. It's going to cause confusion in the church. And that's why we have to learn how to deal with these issues in ministries and churches, because if we don't, this becomes the little fox that starts to spread to other people. Don't you, can't you um, get mad when apostle does that? How about when she corrects you like that? How about when you got openly rebuked? And then it's like, yeah, I did have a problem with her with doing that. When for you, it went over your head because you knew the situation, you knew the dynamic, but the little fox that starts agitating, it's the passive aggressive person that will never be angry with you alone. When we're talking about teams and ministries and churches, they need to make other people be passive aggressive in their anger towards you. And usually what happens in situations like that in the team concept of passive aggression, you know what happens? Someone on the team isn't passive aggressive and they will come to me and confront it and let me know that five other people have been meeting on the phone talking about these feelings in these meetings and they can't do it. They're confrontational. So they're going to come forward to me and say, you know, I felt it such a way. And then when I explained to them why something went, they were like, you know what? You're right. Then they're sitting there saying, oh my God, I feel like I was just, I was witchcraft. I was bamboozled. I was, I was sucked into something. 
Because I know you. I know you better than that. And I got pulled into that. It's serious stuff. It, I've seen it here. Churches down, ministries down, friendships, marriages, where it has turned friends against friends. Oh, y'all should see how this stuff shows up in marriage. I've seen it so toxic in a marriage that after the couple, they're still so toxic with their both being passive aggressive that they end up taking this out to their friendships. And then when they start having issues with the friendship, the couple now bands together and kind of go against the friends with passive aggressive behavior. It is crazy. It is nasty. And so we call this stuff spirits and demons. It is nasty. When dealing with passive aggressive behavior, it is essential to understand that beneath all of those snide remarks lies deep unhappiness and sadness in that individual. Unhappiness and sadness. Some of my team meetings and my elder meetings, it's frustrating. I'm not going to lie as a leader. But a lot of our, less, our, our, our meetings turn into healing and deliverance and ministry. So I've learned to plan separate meetings because we are hurt people. We are broken people and we're leading churches and we're leading leaders of churches and we're going around gathering up sons and daughters. And then we're having passive aggressive behavior in, in, in an exchange between sons and daughters. It's foolishness, craziness. You want to have someone be your son and your daughter and you are competitive with them or you just want to tithe from them. People are looking for parents naturally. They're looking for parents biologically and they're looking for parents spiritually. You don't have time to sit there and be neck to neck with someone who's depending on your leadership, leadership. Underneath all of that curt nastiness is someone who is deeply unhappy and deals with lots of sadness. And that's why the, some of the addictive behavior goes on throughout their day. They need the shots of dopamine because the depth of sadness, you would not believe it. Passive aggression often stems from underlying anger, sadness, or insecurity. Come on, we're adding something new to it. How much time do I have? I'm already over an hour and five. So it looks like we're going to have to pick this up again tomorrow night because I know y'all got to work tomorrow, right? Passive aggression often stems from underlying anger, sadness, or insecurity of which the person may or may not be consciously aware. You're dealing with people who may be unaware. Passive aggressive behavior may be an expression of those emotions or an attempt to gain control in a relationship. Passive aggressive behavior may be an expression of those emotions or an attempt to gain control in a relationship. What are some examples of passive aggressive behavior? I don't know if I even want to go into this tonight or pick it up on tomorrow. 
I know I promised two nights, so maybe I'll leave it up to y'all. Do y'all want to finish this tonight or do you want to pick it up tomorrow? What are some examples of passive aggressive behavior? Some common forms of passive aggression include avoiding responsibility for tasks. We're going to pick it up tomorrow. I think we're going to pick it up tomorrow because I think y'all might be having some manifestations already. And I know for the teacher, the anointing gets so good. Like I can teach till tomorrow morning. Like literally I was up to five in the morning the other day. And I was like, go to bed. So that like when that anointing is flowing on the office of the teacher, I can go and go and go and go. Um, and then not realize that the audience is like, ah, so I'm going to, I'm going to do this part and we're going to stop. Some common forms of passive aggression include avoiding responsibility for tasks, procrastinating and missing deadlines, withholding critical information, and frequently underachieving. Listen to this. This is so powerful right here. Underachieving relative to what one is capable of producing. This is where it's self-sabotage. This behavior can cause problems at home when the family cannot depend on the passive aggressive individual in the household, father, mother, this behavior causes problems in the home life because we can't depend on you with the passive aggressive behavior to follow through on your promises. That's why we got to hang up tonight. I love you. I love you. I love you, Lord, today. Because you cared for me in such a special way. Come on, y'all sing. Worship. Let's help worship. We'll break this up. We're going to pick this up tomorrow because we're dealing with relating relationships. This is good. Come on. Repeat the last, the list, please. I've got a bigger list. The list doesn't end here. I'll reread what I just read. Some common forms of passive aggression include avoiding responsibility for tasks, procrastinating and missing deadlines, withholding critical information. My leadership, do you hear this? And frequently underachieving relative to what one is actually capable, capable of producing. You underachieve. I got to deal with this tomorrow, but you underachieve because you don't want anybody to depend on you for a level greater than what you think you can show up as. So you underachieve capable under what you are literally capable of achieving at. This behavior can cause problems at home. When the family cannot depend on the passive aggressive individual to follow through on their promises. Passive aggression at work can sabotage group projects in the church, in ministries, in startup businesses, singing groups, resulting in unachieved goals and lost destinies. I love you. I love you. I love you all today. God bless you all. Father, your hand on their heads tonight. Send angels to minister to their minds and from the crowns of their very heads. 
to the number of hairs that are unnumbered throughout their entire circulatory system, blood system, nervous system, spinal system, cortex, amygdala, hippocampus, through their hormonal systems, chromosome systems, red blood cells, throughout their entire nervous system, their being and their body. We call forth purpose in their being because you made us wonderfully complex. We thank you for it. We acknowledge you for it. And we thank you tonight for being the chief apostle over souls to anoint me and commission me to do this marvelous work amongst your people. Keep us humble. Keep us to the cross. Keep us in prayer. And most of all, keep us with a grateful heart that you will finish this work that you have begun in us. In Jesus' name, amen. This is how we're starting our fast. I want you to start tomorrow. I want you to start with an early morning prayer. I'm going to start easy with you tomorrow before we start jumping to foods and such. I need from you every single day to post. This is your accountability marker. You can do it on my Spaces app or you can go to the So Detox um, Facebook page, my page, and post every single morning what it is that you're grateful for. Stop forgetting that is you're blessed to wake up that you're 55 and you don't have diabetes, that you're 60 and that you may be not unmarried, but you don't have the symptoms of being alone. You don't have the widow's pain. I want you to find something every single day that you're grateful for. And I want you to post it because I want you to mark yourself with some accountability in your life. And before we start worrying about food, I want everyone at least up by 530 in the morning for, for a 30 minute prayer of gratitude, devotion, and thanks unto God who is causing you to triumph this long in your life. And if you can get on the Apostles House page on Facebook, my intercessor and prophets are on every morning, just 30 minutes. You can put it on while you're getting dressed and they're praying for you. They're releasing the word of knowledge over your life. They're, they're praying strategic prayers and the good warfare prayers to continue to shift your life in this work that we're doing here at night. So get on the Apostles House page at 6 a.m. on Facebook. But your time, your ministry unto God from 530 to 6 a.m. praying. And every day I need you to be accountable and post on either Facebook or on our Spaces app. Today, I'm grateful for it. Every day, find something new that's going to help push this work that we are beginning in here. When you can start achieving gratefulness in your life. Father. I wish above all things that your people shall prosper and be in good health, even as their soul prospers. God bless you. Good night. See you tomorrow, 7 p.m. Tag someone, inbox someone, tell them you don't want to miss it. Don't hide. Come on out of the bushes and let's be seen for the glory of God. Please like and share. God bless you and good night. Let it
Dr. Suzanne Howard is happy to have shared this time with you. To get more information on solutions and personal development, coaching, and counseling of the soul, go to www.suzannemhoward.com. You can also find her on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Periscope. Thank you for tuning in with us.